So when's Grandma coming back? I don't know. Not sure. You don't have to stay here with us. We're not babies. Ha <laughs> ha! Talk to Annie Carolyn. Well, Kip is like 32 years old. I don't mind if you stay. No. Thanks, Kip. What the flip was Grandma doing at the sand dunes? She was on a date with her boyfriend. Boyfriend? Hello and welcome to the Cinematic Stories podcast. This is the podcast where I get to talk to really cool and interesting people about their life through their favorite films. And uh, my name is Thomas Olson. I'm the host. And I want to go ahead and introduce my guest for today. Um, so I want to welcome my older brother, Mike Olson. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to, to have you here um, and, you know, do this with you, have this conversation. I'm, I know we, uh, on my other podcast, you've been on that quite a bit. And so it's always been fun talking movies with you and all that stuff. So excited to, to go through these questions with you, but yeah, that, that was always a lot of fun to be on that podcast. And it was usually, I think most of the podcasts I did were probably also with Matt as well. Yeah. So, um, which is great, but it's fun to have some kind of one-on-one time here to talk about, talk about movies. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, yeah, as, as you, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm your, you're your brother, but like movies are my, I feel like my way of the way I process and view the world these days. And, and so it's always, I'd love talking to other people, hearing their views or stories on them as well. So, um, well, before we jump into like talking about the movies and stuff, um, what, uh, just so if anyone new listening to the show doesn't know you, what would you say are like, some things that about yourself that are unique or that you feel like would be interesting to share. Um, yeah, I think a couple things about myself. Uh, I, I own a pizzeria in, um, in Mesa. It's in downtown Mesa. It's called, uh, Mike's pizza and I spell Mike with a Y. So, uh, the business is also spelled that way. Mike's pizza. We do, um, kind of like wood fired style pizza. It's, um, kind of kind of like a little bit inspired by like Italian Neapolitan style pizza. Um anyway, I've I've been doing I've had that restaurant open for almost 4 years now, which is kind of crazy to think about, but I've been really enthusiastic about pizza for a little over 10 years now. Um but just I've loved food throughout my entire life and always enjoyed cooking and baking. So this was kind of the, you know, culmination of all of that. Um, right now I, I, uh, I'm, I'm married. My, my wife, her name is, uh, Hillary. We've been married for, uh, almost two and a half years now. So not very long. We got married during the pandemic. That was, um, kind of an interesting experience. We had planned to have a full wedding with, you know, family and friends, but, um, with the pandemic, we just decided to, uh, keep it very small. It was just our, uh, parents who came. Um, and then just a couple other people who were there to help. And then we put the whole, the whole wedding on zoom. So a lot of people could, you know, watch and participate. And I think it ended up being a little extra special that way. Cause we got to have like a really small kind of intimate wedding, but we also got to, got to, um, uh, we got to interact with a lot of people who may not have, you know, attended our wedding otherwise, cause it was remote. Um, so that was really cool. Um, we live in Tempe. I can't remember if I said that or not. Um, 
and we uh, have a dog that we really love. His name's Berkeley. He is uh, 11 years old, so he's getting kind of old, but. Well, I didn't realize he's that old. Yeah, no. yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a bummer. He, well, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we both just get sad because knowing that he's yeah. probably coming toward the end of his life and he means a lot to us. So, yeah. um, uh, no kids or anything right now. We hope to, um, <laughs> adopt at some point, whether that's through, uh, foster care or traditional adoption remains to be seen. But, um, yeah, those are kind of the big things that, occupy my life right now i also like um i've been collecting plants recently like um cactuses and and succulents that type of a thing more more cactuses than anything but um that's been a lot of fun watching watching those kind of grow and change throughout the seasons and everything so it's really funny yeah oh sorry i mean no no, you're good that was that was it you talk about plants and like gardening and I just think it's interesting because I don't own a house right now or else I think I would want to try to like grow some stuff. Cause it seems like, I don't know. It just feels, it sounds like really therapeutic and meditative to go out with your plants and like, and then to see the progress It yeah. sounds appealing to me. But I remember like when I was a kid, like doing the gardening merit badge when I was 12 for scouts, and I, like I hated it. Like I was, this is the boringest thing. It's so stupid. And then yeah. like, as you get older, you're like, well, this seems really cool actually. Yeah. Like I can plant something and it can turn into this thing. Like <laughs> right. I, I probably would have hated that one as a kid too. But I think I think the cool thing about about plants is I mean I have I guess I have one plant that I'm growing for food right now. I have a I have an artichoke plant. Um the rest are are well and we also have um a grapefruit tree. Um but the rest are ornamental and I would like to grow some more food and I'm I'm gonna be planting some other stuff here soon. Um, cause it's kind of the season right now in Arizona to, to be doing that. But, um, uh, anyway, but yeah, it's kind of just, it, it shows, it's just really interesting because like you want to see the plants like grow and change, but it also, you kind of realized how much, how much of that is like beyond your control because I don't know, you can't like force a plant to grow. You can feed it and water it and give it the right conditions, but it's, you know, a lot of that is just according to seasons and the plant and all that. And it's, I, I don't know. It, it is very therapeutic in that sense of kind of letting go of control of things. And I think that's part of why I like it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that sounds really appealing, honestly. So hopefully one day I'll join you in the. Yeah. I hope so too. <laughs> That'd be rad. Um, well, cool. And then, yeah, I just want to quickly say like your yeah, pizza restaurant, it's been a, pretty cool thing for me to watch you follow that passion because i remember when you were just making pizza for fun and like trying to perfect the the art of baking pizza um and i don't know if that's exactly how you like explored it or went at it but i always enjoyed being the receiver of trying your pizza (laughs) and so it's been really cool to see you turn a passion that passion into like this thing that you're able to like provide your living for because I, I don't know, in the last several years of my life, I've been very, like, I get frustrated sometimes that in the society, we have to spend so much time working jobs that most people hate. So when you can do something that you're interested in or passionate about, I feel like it's rare and it's cool to see like that you were able to kind of find that. So, well, well, thank you. Yeah. And that, that ties into one of the, one of the things that um I want to talk about through one of these movies that will be 
discussing this afternoon. So, oh, awesome. but yeah, it's, it's, it, it is really awesome to be able to make pizza for a living. Like it's, um, I don't think a lot of people get to have the privilege of doing something like that for their work. So it's, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Well, well, awesome. Well, um, before we get into the questions, I just quickly wanted to see like, um, what, uh, what kind of movies or genres do you usually enjoy the most? Um, I think I, I feel like I really enjoy like a little bit of everything. Um, I, I don't know. I just like stuff that's well done. Like whether that's like music or, or food or whatever. I mean, I enjoy stuff that's not well done too, but, um, um, but I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, growing up, like I liked a lot of sci-fi and adventure type stuff. Like, you know, we grew up watching star Wars and have so many family members, family memories around that, um, you know, Indiana Jones and, and then all of the, the Marvel movies that have come out recently, there's, we have lots of good family memories and events around all of those too. But, um, I mean, really, I just feel like I'll enjoy whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's like this whole set of movies or type of movie that I enjoy. It's just that I think my, my taste in, in so many things has been, has always been very eclectic. Um, I feel mm -hmm. like my taste in music is like that a little bit. Um, and so it's hard for me to like pin down like a taste in movies if, if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I really relate to that too. I yeah. feel like I, I mean, yeah. I like, I like, I like documentaries. I like good children's movies. I like, I like foreign movies. Um, I like kind of the more, um, like headier movies, like, you know, Christopher Nolan type stuff where you have to kind of think and unravel and process what happened. And, um, but, and then, like I said before, just kind of action and adventure and, um, science fiction, whether it's kind of like a light hearted, more light hearted science fiction, like star Wars or one that like really makes you think. And is like more psychological, uh, that explores like a psychological idea. Like I like those, I like those types of movies too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and that's like, I was, yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm the same way pretty, I mean, I definitely have like, you know, I like certain things like, like Marvel movies. I'll always, show up for and watch those and whatever, but, um, well, awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's get into it then. Um, so our first question here is, um, what is one of the most meaningful films to you and, and what makes it so meaningful? So this is, uh, so I think it was two podcast episodes ago. I think it was your friend Jake, um, that he was your guest. Mm -hmm. And I actually really enjoyed that. I, I don't think I've ever met Jake. Um, but like, it was funny how many of his movies, like he enjoyed and, and a lot of the things that he said, um, like really, like I related to. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think one of the things you said in that movie, you were, or that, um, podcast, or maybe it was the one before actually, uh, you talked about, um, uh, everything everywhere all at once. And you said that like, maybe you need to do like a, a, a podcast just on that movie or something. And yeah. I feel like the things that I want to share about that movie, uh, today will probably 
it could possibly be the bulk of this of what we talk about here today. Yeah. Um, just because like that movie was like just so in like special and impactful like when I saw it. So I guess I'll give you a little bit of background on on like when I saw it and and the experience. Um. So it came out almost a year ago now. I think I think it came out at the end of March. Yeah. And I had some friends who had seen it and specifically two of my coworkers had gone to see it together because it was one of their birthdays. And so the next day I go into work and I was talking to them and like they, they started telling me that, you know, they had gone seen it the night before. And one of them said, one, it was, one of them said, it's the best movie ever made. The other one said, it's the best movie I've ever seen. And, um, and so like I made a note that I had to see it. And then for whatever reason, I think it's just because, uh, like Hillary and I don't go and see a lot of movies now. Um, part of it is like, I have a really like my like owning a restaurant. I work a lot at night, so there's that. Uh, and then part of it is like during the pandemic, we just became um, uh, homebodies, like even more so than we already were. I think so. We kind of just during the pandemic, we got out of the habit of going to the movies, so we see just a lot fewer movies now. Anyway, so it was I think it was July when when she and I finally got around to seeing it. And like, I was just like, we were, well, we were both like just blown away and, um, just like, I don't know. I, I wanted to, I wanted to try and talk about this movie without, um, spoilers because, uh, I don't want to give stuff away, but I, I don't think I can just because like to answer the question, like what movies yeah. are meaningful, you know, I have to talk about some of those details. So, um, so so if you haven't seen it and if you think it's something you'd enjoy, like I would definitely recommend this, this for all your guests out there, Thomas, or your, your, your listeners, I should say. Um, if you haven't seen it, you think it's something you'd enjoy, like definitely don't listen to our conversation here until you've seen it because it's, it really is worth it to like not have any spoilers and, and approach it to, from a kind of not knowing what you're going into, so to speak, because it really is like a special, unique, like insanely awesome movie. So yeah. I well, think real quick, Mike, just yeah. before you jump, I was just going to say echo based on what you said is like, I saw the trailer. I remember, I think it was when I saw Spider-Man no way home actually. And I remember just being like, Whoa, what, what is that? And I didn't even I feel like I usually know like what's on the radar coming out. Right. And if they show a trailer, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's that movie I heard about or whatever. But like, I didn't even know anything about this movie. I saw the trailer and I just remember feeling like it looked like it was going to be something special. And then I don't really think I saw anything else for it until like it came out and I heard the word of mouth and I didn't see it until I think May. And I think that's kind of cool. You don't see that very much with movies where they have that lasting yeah. theatrical window anymore. Cause I mean, you saw it in July. I saw it in May. It came out in March. Like anyway, I, yeah, it's a really special movie that like, um, is, uh, yeah. Anyway, so I, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it is worth kind of going in spoiler free. But at the same time, like I, there's so many parts of it to discuss that's hard to do yeah. so without spoiling it. So it's it's such a dense movie. So even if we do give some things away from you here, you're still going to enjoy it. I think. Yeah, and I think um, there's so many parts of it too that yeah, it's like right. impossible to spoil right. the whole thing exactly. and give everything away. So um, it's funny you say it's been. You can't remember last time that there was a movie in the theaters for that long. And 
the uh, the thing that I remember is Napoleon Dynamite was in the theater for such a long time. Yeah. And that's a movie we will talk about later. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> as, a, as a as a teaser for the or a incentive for people to hang in hang in through this conversation. But anyway, so so when we saw it, there was just like so many things that like stuck out to me, and um, the I think the like the first part where I started to feel really moved was, um, and I wrote down some of the some of like the quotes and ideas that I wanted to share. Um, so that I wouldn't butcher them. Um, I tried to find some more, but like I couldn't. So this next part I'm talking about, I don't really remember the exact words, but I remember the feeling of it. And um, so it's kind of toward the end, and it's when um, it's when uh, uh, Evelyn, who's kind of the main character, played by Michelle uh, Michelle Yao, is, or did I say her name wrong? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when she was, she's kind of talking about, uh, she's kind of feeling, starting to feel like that nothing matters, um, which is what Joy, her daughter slash, uh, Jobu Tupaki wanted her to feel kind of that sense of like nihilism and nothing matters. And, um, Joy was searching throughout these different multiverses to try and, uh, find somebody who felt the same way about life that she did. And, um, but at, at some point she starts explaining to her daughter, Joy, um, about, uh, about how, she, how Evelyn had found a partner and had found, um, Waymond, who's played by, um, Kei Kwan. And she said something about, along the lines of, um, at some point you'll find someone who, who, uh, just like compliments your life in such a way that it like makes your life feel more complete and, I feel like I'm kind of butchering that sentiment, but, but that really hit me because, uh, I felt like both my wife, Hillary and I, it took a long time for us to find each other. Um, I was almost 40 by the time I got married. And so, um, by the time I got married to her anyway, and, um, we kind of both felt that, you know, we were each other's person out there waiting for each other. And, and so that really started to move me. And then just kind of as the movie goes along, um, there's other, there's other scenes and, and things that really moved me too. And one of them was, um, I think it's like kind of actually near the middle is when, um, is when Waymond, uh, there's like a lot of fighting going on and he's just kind of getting tired of it. And he says that, that, uh, you know, we have to stop fighting. And, and he says, the only thing I do know is that we have to be kind, please be kind especially when we, when we don't know what's going on. Um, and he talks about how like kindness is his way of fighting. And, um, I really related to that because I think that, and like, that's kind of like a value that I have is, you know, in, in the world we live in, there's so much, so much, uh, I don't know, like, like culture and, and ideas that value like being, uh, like tough in the sense that like unfeeling or, or tough in like physically strong, um, like tough in being able to like physically best someone. Um, and there's certainly times where those, uh, those qualities like are needed, you know, like, um, sometimes you're going through something difficult and the only way to do it is 
to go through it. And you kind of, you may need to like really not be totally present to what's going on and then process that later. Um, I, I know that there's times when, when stuff like that happens, but like to, to actually like try to be kind and understand the situation that's happening and to have kindness and generosity toward the other people in that situation to me, like that is so much more difficult than like physically fighting that person or, or just like verbally or emotionally fighting that person. I don't know if that makes any sense or, or yeah. thoughts on that. No, it makes, it makes total sense. And I like, as you were reading that quote from him, I like, yeah, I started to feel like all the emotions of that scene. Cause I, I remember, I mean, yeah, just, I, I've been in the last several years of my life, like going through divorce and different stuff. There's been a lot of difficult feelings to navigate. And at times, like it sometimes feels like fighting and not physically fighting, but yeah, like you said, emotionally fighting or just like with another or verbally is the way to like get your point across or to be heard or to be validated or whatever. And like, I mean, I've never been like a, an aggressive person per se. Um, but like him saying that, cause I remember, especially at that point in my life, I was thinking like I needed, and I, I, sorry, I don't mean to make this about myself, but like, I just, I needed to grow. I needed to like be able to stand firm, I guess, more in my life, but at the same time, not sacrifice who I was because that is a huge value of mine as well. Kindness and like showing compassion and I I just remember seeing that scene and I felt very, really validated and like seen because not that I'm like that exact character, but I just felt like that, that is really important. That's how I intuitively feel like I need to approach a lot of situation is to have kindness. And I think for me that there's a balance between being nice and being kind. I think I always want to be perceived as nice and which that sometimes you can get walked over or you turn into a people pleaser, but I think kindness is different. Um, anyways, and I, if nothing else, like the own, the battle within myself that I've had is like, I found the most healing. I literally was just talking about this with someone like an hour ago about how I feel like the most healing and growth I've experienced is when I've shown kindness to myself to get through like shame and, and all those things. And so, yeah, anyways, when I saw this movie, it was like that I brought me to tears watching that scene. Like yeah. I was just really moved by it. So yeah, same. And I, I watched this movie a couple of weeks ago in preparation for this podcast. Cause I'd only seen it once and I wanted to see it again and make sure that I like really was saturated with it, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, I just like, just, <laughs> I mean, there's so many points in this movie where I just like ended up sobbing, but, <laughs> um, but that's one, especially, and it, I, I like what you said about being nice versus being kind, because I think being nice kind of sometimes it's, I think it's a manipulation, you know, it's like, I'm going to be nice to you so that later on uh, you'll do something for me or whatever. Right. Whereas like being kind, it's like, you might say no. Um, and that person might feel hurt or whatever. Um, whereas like being in a people pleasing mode, uh, you know, you might be trying to get something out of that person, but, um, you know, saying no or having a boundary is kindness to yourself. It's also kind, kind to the other person because they now know what they can or can't expect from you. Um, yeah. and, uh, anyway, so it, it just kind of, it made me think of, uh, 
And it made me think of another thing that, that Wayman said in that, in that movie. He says, um, when I choose, when I choose to see the good side of things, I'm not being naive. It's strategic and necessary. It's how I learn to survive through everything. And, and I, I really like that because it, I, I also think it's like a, it's also like a, like a tough balance because like seeing the good side of things, I think can lead to a lot of, uh, toxic positivity, which, I think kind of goes along with being nice, you know, um, you're not really seeing things as they are, seeing things as they are. You're seeing things like, I don't know, you're, it's kind of like a reality distortion, I guess. But, um, uh, but at the same time, like I, I really do believe in believing in the goodness of people, you know, like I, I do think that people are inherently good and, and want good things for themselves and good things for other people, even when they're doing things that are harmful and hurtful. Um, I think that if I think a big part of that is they haven't learned how to, or I don't know, they just don't realize what's appropriate or not, or what's hurtful or not. Um, I mean, myself included in that, I know that I have a lot to learn in terms of, uh, you know, my behavior and, and how I act and my intentions versus the impact and all of that. Um, it also reminds me of um, another movie that that you and I both love um, called uh, The Last Jedi, where mm-hmm. at the end, uh, Finn is racing toward uh, this big laser cannon to try and save his friends from uh, being just try and save like their hideout from being invaded by the First Order. And um, as he's doing that, Rose crashes into him and um, prevents him from you know, essentially dying to, to save his friends. And, and she says something about like, uh, you know, uh, we, gosh, well, I can't remember it now, but it's like, uh, we're fighting. We, do you remember, you know, you know, I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we're not going to win fighting what we hate, but fighting for what we love or saving. saving what we love. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Um, I know you knew the quote though, so that's great. But, um, I mean, cause it kind of, it kind of makes me think of that. So, um, yeah. It, and it's just like the sentiment that like, I can fight against these things that I hate, you know, I can spend all this energy on things that I don't like and dislike, or like I can stand up and talk about these things that are really important to me and things that will have a positive impact on myself and in the world. And man, that just seems like a much better way of spending energy than fighting against things that you hate. Um, I know it's, I know it's necessary sometimes to like stand up and say, this is wrong. You know, this is bad. This makes me angry because it causes people to suffer. Um, and I, I think that's part of the, the same, same side of, of fighting or fighting to save things that you love. Yeah. But standing up for things that you love and care about, I think is, um, a much much better use of time than than being hateful, I guess. Yeah, uh, being angry. I think I know that all of that is just so much easier said than done. Um, yeah, and so, I think yeah. a really good example of that. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. No, no, you go ahead. Is uh, in Black Panther the first one when T'Challa is like he's he's come to this like realization that his father and all the the kings before him kind of like 
you know, made a mistake in well, his father abandoning his cousin, essentially killed the character Killmonger. And he has that moment where he's in the ash, the ancestral plane, I think is what they call it. And he's talking to his dad and, and he basically like very passionately tells his dad he was wrong. Like you were wrong for abandoning this kid, but that doesn't mean he doesn't love his dad. His dad didn't still do good things, but he's able to call him out, but without like, and still maintain a piece. And he goes, comes back out of that situation. Like in a lot of sense, validating Killmonger and where he's coming from, but also being able to like, Hey, I need to fight again. I need to stop you because this isn't, you're going to cause more chaos and destruction. But like, I still can have compassion for what you're saying. And, yeah. and at the end of the movie, he, he does make a pivot in the way that they like handle, you know, the walk, the way the Wakandans do things. He makes changes for like that culture. And I, anyways, yeah. as you're saying, I feel like I was like, that seems like a good example of maybe what this is, but yeah, but, I think so. I, I think that actually that movie actually embodies that very well. Um, and that's one of the reasons I like that movie so much is that Killmonger is such a relatable villain. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I understand, like, and, you know, and I understand what you're, why you feel that way. And it's like 100% valid. And, um, I don't, you know, agree with his means or whatever, but it's, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's, yeah, that's a good, a good example. That's, that's a good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, so I, I, I'll share a couple other things about, um, everything everywhere all at once. I, when we saw that movie, when, when Hillary and I saw that movie, um, well, I guess when we share another, another scene that I really like. So there's the, um, the end of, uh, well, I guess it's not the end. So there's the part where, where, um, where Joy, Jobu Tupaki, she brings in like, the everything bagel and she's trying to like get everybody to like join her in the bagel and, and suck up all the, the meaning and life in the universe or the multiverse. And, um, at some point Evelyn has to kind of get up there and, and, and keep, keep joy from doing that. And it's after this point where, where Wayman talks about, you know, how he fights with kindness and as, as Joy is, is going up the stairs to, um, I'm sorry, as Evelyn is going up the stairs to stop Joy, um, she has to get through these people who want to fight her, but instead of fighting them, she's able to like connect them to a different multiversal plane where these people have something that they have so much joy and meaning in, in their lives. Mm-hmm. And that, kind of like neutralizes them in the sense that they don't want to fight her anymore because rather than having this void, they have this meaning and joy and, and this thing that they're connected to that they love. And like that just hit me like so hard when we saw the movie, because like it's, it's so, so Hillary, she, for a long time, she worked as a social worker work, working directly with people who were experiencing homelessness and helping them, to find housing and, and, um, and, uh, man, I just, I get, I get choked up thinking about it sometimes cause, um, it's just the work that she's done is, is incredible and you know, so important. But, um, anyway, she, she worked as a social worker and for a while she was working at a company here, um, in, in the Valley where she was kind of doing more of a, doing that same thing, but more of like on an admin type level. But, um, 
it's really important work that needs to be done. But then like for my job, like I make pizza, you know, and it, it seems kind of frivolous to me sometimes because like, it's, it's just pizza, you know, like I'm not like, I'm not helping people to find a home, but like, it's still so important because I just think that like, like food is so special. And like when people, when people are safe, when they have the things that they need, like they often celebrate, but with food, you know, whether that's like getting together as a family or just going out to eat with like, you know, your spouse or your, your partner, your loved one, whatever, uh, or just a friend, or even just like going out on your own and enjoying a meal by yourself, which like I love doing. Um, I love food in all those aspects, you know, it's that sense of community and a celebration and, um, and enjoyment and pleasure. And, and a lot of those things, they're, they seem kind of frivolous, but like they're not frivolous because the people who, the, the people who are marginalized and who need the help of people who have power and privilege, what we're trying to get to the, get to them is that sense of safety and uh, peace and, you know, pleasure and togetherness and connectedness. And so like, I, I make pizza, but it's not like this, it seems frivolous to me sometimes, but it's really not. And the fact that I get to do that is like, it's a very privileged thing because in this hyper capitalistic world that we live in, especially in the United States, like those things aren't valued. At least the people who do them aren't valued in the way that they should be. Like I make far less money than I ought to given like my stage in life, you know, and I used to work as an accountant and, I make far less money now than I did, did as an accountant, but like the work that I do now is like so much more, uh, rewarding and, uh, the experiences that come along with it. Like, um, I think I told you about this, but like, I got to make pizza with a, with this big team of pizza makers, um, at the Super Bowl a couple of weeks. Yeah, ago. that was awesome. That was so cool. And I got to do that with, uh, one of the other pizza makers there was Chris Bianco, who's like one of my, pizza heroes and I got to I got to hang out with him and like ride in the car with him to go to the Super Bowl and it's like just that experience was just so so incredible um especially hanging out with uh with Chris and other pizza makers like I made some other some friends with these other guys who have pizzerias in the valley and like and you know we're all joined together by this thing that we love pizza and like I know that like pizza isn't that important but like, it also is really important because it represents things that are important, like joy and community and, and food and, and pleasure, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's what I was saying though. It's like, I think it's a real position of privilege here in the U S anyway, to be able to do that because, uh, so many people are working in this world today, like just to like survive and, um, so I, I, I try not to take that for granted and I really want to try to like give back and give more to my community because I really want more people to have that experience. So when I see, when I see, uh, Evelyn going up those stairs and touching people and, and bringing out these, like these joyful existences in them, like it reminded me of that and was just really significant. Well, and I think too, it's like we all get so. Well, that's, I, I don't know. I think in a lot of ways we get manipulated to like fight these battles that other people may care about 
I, I don't know if that's the right word to use it, but like where we get caught up doing something that we're not passionate about or that doesn't truly bring us true joy. And so like seeing her like take a moment to like redirect them to the thing that they, that's meaningful for them or brings them joy is I think really, yeah, it's really cool. And I don't know, I think too, life is so short. And if, and you know, like pizza has been the thing that has brought a lot of community and, and uh, fulfillment and satisfaction to your life. And, and then you can give back, to other people. And like, I mean, I've been, like I said, I've been the reciprocant of eating delicious pizza, but also like, yeah, having great memories of being there with family and friends as well as at, yeah, at your restaurant and even before that. So yeah, it's definitely, I don't, I wouldn't, I think it's not frivolous at all. So. Well, yeah, well, thank you. And and to me, like that part of the movie really highlighted that value that I have of like doing what's important and exciting and fulfilling to you you know um because like i think a lot of that movie is come combating the sense of nothingness yeah and when you have that sense of fulfillment like that's kind of the antithesis i think of of nothingness and it's so great yeah that's true i didn't even think about it that way because it's like um evelyn is almost pulled into that feeling of nothingness and not exist like just not wanting to exist essentially and then And like, yeah. I get it. I felt like that before. It's awesome. Yeah. But like, well, like there's the moment when she's, when she's having that conversation with her daughter and her daughter's essentially describing this and she's able to like sit with her in that, but then also like not let herself fully fall into it, I guess, if that makes sense. I think it's a really yeah. powerful moment too. Yeah. And then, it, but that compassion she shows her daughter and the boundaries she shows her daughter, I think is what helps create this bond, this vulnerability breeds this like stronger connection with them. And, and then like at the end of the movie, they don't necessarily change who they are fully. Like she still doesn't, I can't remember what it is. There's like something she doesn't prove of or something, some mom daughter thing, but they, there's like their she, connection's she, a little bit stronger. Yeah. Point. She says something about how like she's getting fat and you know, like, yeah, like stuff like yeah. that, but that, 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 that it's of all the places that Evelyn wants to be, she wants to be with her daughter with, with joy. Like that's, you know, right. number one. Um, yeah. I mean, there's just like so many little things like I love about the movie, like the, the Rakakuni thing. Was yeah. So good. Like she's like, she's like, you know, that movie Rakakuni. And then everyone's yeah. like, no, it's Ratatouille. And then later on, like there's a scene of her in another universe and, and there's a guy with a raccoon under his with his hat. And it's like, actually that and then just the yeah. whole thing like uh but there's you know he the guy the raccoon guy his gets his raccoon taken away from him and um he's like i'm nothing without him um i'm useless without him that's what he says and joy or evelyn's like yeah we all are we're all useless without each other and then just like you know so they start chasing after um i think evelyn hops on his shoulders yeah. And they start, they start, you know, chasing after Rakakuni, but then he couldn't go anymore because he was so tired. And then, so they switched places. And at that point, like, I just like lost it. Like I started crying so hard when that happened because like, it's just like the way that this movie can like make you care about like the dumbest little things is like, I think that's like the, the magic of it because it's like so joyful yeah. and like special. And, and I don't know. And, and just the whole, then the other, the other 
one of the other, my other favorite parts of that movie is the relationship between um, Evelyn and, and Deidre when they have the hot dog fingers. Yeah. And like, there's, there's the part where, um, where Deidre is playing the piano with her feet because she has hot dogs for fingers. And um, she has like that little brace on her, uh, on her foot that she had on her hand earlier. Um, That's Deidre's Jamie Lee Curtis's character. And, and like, just like their relationship, even though there wasn't much time spent on it, like I want a spinoff movie of, of, of Deidre and Evelyn's relationship with the hot dog fingers. Like I, that was just so like, just that little thing. And then how prior, um, in the movie, like one of the triggers for creating a new multiverse or whatever was for Evelyn to tell Joy that, that, that she loves her. Like just that detail, how it played in later to that later in the movie was like, was just such a cool connection too. But, um, and then just like, just like Waymond, the whole character, how he's like, he, like, Kei Kwan, he's been winning all of these. Everyone's everyone for that movie has been winning awards, which is awesome and and well deserved. Um, like Michelle Yeoh and um, uh, and Kei Kwan. Um, but like you know, he played like he played like an action hero. He played like like the handsome leading man, like the goofy bumbling dad. You know, just like these yeah. different characters. Uh, then he he also played like kind of like the like the technical like nerdy. Uh, um, I don't know. Anyway, it just, just his performance in that movie was like so fantastic. And if somebody else, uh, you know, wins the Oscar for supporting role besides him, like it's going to be like a, a travesty, but, um, because he did so well. And then just his story of like coming back to acting is just like so fantastic and makes me really angry that we missed out on what, 30 years of him being in movies because, um, you know, Hollywood didn't have any roles av- available for him other than, like, you know, racist tropes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but hopefully we see a lot more of him because, oh, man, he was so good in that movie. Um, anyway, well, so, yeah. Loki season two. Oh, I was saying he's going to be in Loki season two of that oh, show. Is he? Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, man. That's Kevin, Kevin Feige saw that everything all for, everything yeah. all at once and just like went up and offered him a part. Oh yeah, yeah. I hope he just got like like calls, you know, like yeah. I'm sure his phone was ringing off the hook after that, and rightfully so. But um, I mean, I hope all those actors are are doing great. Steph, Stephanie Shu was was great too. Um, Joy um, and uh, uh, what's her grandpa's name? Gang Gang. Um, uh, yeah, I can't remember. He was, he was fantastic, yeah. also, and yeah. it's just. It, I, I mean, I, so and then the, the directors, the, the Daniels, um, they also did um, Swiss Army Man, which I loved, and um, I could talk about that movie for a while too, but I'm not going to just because we have a lot more questions. But yeah. I think that's you know, you asked me like, what's the most meaningful movie for me, and we've talked for probably 30 minutes about this movie. So I think that, um, yeah, that shows you how much like it impacted me. Oh, last thing I want to share. Um, so when Hillary and I watched that movie, like we're in tears in the theater, like after, after we saw it. And then like, she said something to me, I don't remember what it was, but it was just, you know, something that was really kind (laughs) and appreciative. And I just started sobbing again, like right after she said that as the credits were rolling. 
And as we get out of the theater, we're walking out of the theater. This was in July, you know, so it's like during uh, monsoon season in Arizona when we do get like a little bit of rain here. And like the second we get out of the theater, like it just started raining. And I just like started crying again because it was just like such a beautiful moment, like, you know, for us and for the relationship, but also just to be like, I don't know, like awed by nature and the universe and, and all of that. And um, I don't know. Yeah. It was I'm sorry. one of the best uh, movie experiences I've ever had, you know, right up there with seeing, you know, some of these Star Wars movies together as families and uh, as a family and, and all of that. So it was, you know, it was super cool. Yeah, that that is really cool. And I think too, like the, the experience, like coming out and it's raining, like, I don't know that. Yeah. I remember you actually, I think you showed that with me. And I was like, did sound very magical. Yeah, <laughs> so, it was right. and, and it's funny too, just the last thing I'll say about the movie too, that I wanted to, it, the, there's a scene when it rocks and, and because they're jumping through the multiverse of yeah. different parts of themselves and they're just like rocks. And I don't remember the exact lines, but Evelyn's like trying to like understand the meaning of it. And, and Joy's like, no, you're just, we're just, we're just rocks. And they're just sitting there. And like this movie, that's like, so kind of, like chaotic in a good way, but there's just, there's a lot going on to all of a sudden have this moment where they're just, you just like kind of pause and you sit with them and they're just rocks. And it's like, I don't know. I, I really love that because I think that's like, for me, some of the most beautiful moments I've had in my life is when I can just stop and just sit and like be and observe or just be there. And like, sometimes and I remember watching that. And I'm like, man, maybe it would be kind of nice just to be a rock sometimes. And just like, observe all the things happening around you and see the beauty and like the changes. And I mean, even the destruction that happens in nature, but then also the growth and like, I don't know, I just felt that moment felt very like yeah. impactful. So there's not a lot of expectations for rocks and right. I like yeah. that idea. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That, that was uh, last time I watched it a couple of weeks ago, that really impacted me too. I, I probably started crying at some point. At one yeah. Of the, one of the things they said during that moment, but yeah, that was, I love that scene too. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. I appreciate you sharing all that. I think yeah. that, um, yeah, it's a great movie and I'm like, man, I gotta, I need to go watch it again. It's like, I just, okay. I, yeah. Um, well, do you have, are you, you have time to do the rest of the questions? Yeah, yeah of course. No, I'm, I'm here. Okay, yeah. Cool. Let's keep going. All right. Um, all right. So our next one is what is your family movie? Um, and this could be, Something that, you know, we're siblings, so like you and I, grew, we grew up watching as a family or just maybe it's you and Hillary's family movie or however you want to answer that, though. That's a good question. Um, so I remember when you did your interview, when um, when when Tim asked you all these questions, <laughs> you said Home Alone. And I definitely think that's that's for sure one of our family movies growing up. Uh, we quote that all the time. You know, the, the Tim yeah. Curry stolen credit card. Yeah. Like that's like one of my favorite things to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, that's one of them, but just, I, I was going to say return of the Jedi because I think that like growing up, like throughout childhood and kind of like my, you know, early preteens and teens and all of that, you know, Star Wars was such a big thing for our family. And the prequels didn't come out until, um, until I was 16 years old. So there's a lot of those that we, that we didn't, or at least that I didn't experience as a child. Um, uh, so 
so I say Return of the Jedi because I think growing up that was probably like our family favorite of the Star Wars movies. But, um, but I mean, also like Indiana Jones was, was a really big, I feel like it was probably almost always as, almost as impactful as, as Star Wars was. Yeah. Um, probably not, probably not at the same level, but, um, like just like that, you know, like a, that sense of adventure, you know, like I feel like so many movies try to, try to copy that. Um, and, I think that one was another one that was really important to our family. Um, so it's hard to say a specific one, but I think those, those three, the home alone and, and star Wars and Indiana Jones were all, um, big Olsen family favorites. Yeah. Uh, you asked like what Hillary and I would, um, would be our movie. We don't watch a lot of movies together. Actually, we watch so much TV (laughs) and there's so much good TV right now. So it's, you know, like, but uh, I'd say if we had a show, it might be um, it might be Fleabag, uh, which I'm not going to talk a lot about because that's one of those other shows I could go on forever about. But if you haven't seen that, Thomas, I'd recommend it. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen it. Same with uh, same with your listeners. If, as long as you're not like too scared by you know some some adult content. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's a good question though. Family movie. Yeah, it's fun to see. Like obviously, like different perspectives just even within our family because like i'm excited to like ask the rest of our siblings and so kind of what their thing was yeah excited to hear what they say yeah and it's uh actually it's funny because hillary was the one that made me think of home alone because she she's the one that made me think of this question we were all in utah and she like asked me that or something and before i even answered because i was thinking star wars yeah for sure which i think is definitely accurate but then she said home alone and i was like Actually, yeah, maybe I specifically Home Alone two probably more than right. the first one. But right. anyways, so. <laughs> yeah, she she knows how much I love that movie. So um, yeah, and yeah, and knows how much our family loves movies. So it made yeah. for her to say that totally. And it was it was accurate too. She's she has a really good intuition about stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. Well, what's uh, what film do you think you've watched the most in your lifetime? Uh, so. I think, I don't know this for sure, but it's probably Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Um, when when this movie came out, it was I was like at the perfect point in my life to like enjoy this movie to the fullest. Um, I was 16 when it came out, and um, the following, well, so anyway, I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, I had just got my driver's license. I had a fair amount of free time. I was involved with after school sports. I had a, I had a band that I played in, um, me and my buddies, um, the Manhattan project. And we would practice almost every day after school. Um, but it it was, you know, like I, I I had a lot of time on my hands. I didn't really academically, I didn't care about school that much. So it's not like I was like studying hard or like doing lots of homework. I kind of just coasted through high school. Um, which honestly I have no regrets about. I had a lot of fun <laughs> in high school. Yeah. And like I said, I played in a band and like that was an amazing experience. And the friends that I have from that period are still good friends today. But, uh, um, so, so yeah, so they announced that they'd be selling tickets for episode one. Um, they said that the, the tickets would go on sale, um, a week before the premiere. 
And um, so that would have been May 12th, I believe. Um, so I think it was May 11th. Um, I guess that would be like a Tuesday. I went to the theater after school, uh, Harkin Superstition 25 in East Mesa. And I went to, uh, went to go ask about buying tickets or when they would go on sale or what the process for that was. And so the lady told me that they'd go on sale the next day at noon and that we could line up, we could start lining up outside the property. And then at some point the next day, they'd bring us onto the property. So I was like, cool. Um, so I went inside, uh, the movie theater, saw the matrix and then left, um, about, uh, I went home, I packed up, uh, like this really, like this little mattress and a sleeping bag and a pillow, probably, I don't know, maybe not. Um, and then just like, you know, I didn't even, ha- I didn't have a phone in those days cause hardly very few, very few teenagers had phones at that point. But, uh, I just went to the theater. Um, we had to be off the property. So there was a line that was forming, um, on the sidewalk in front of the, in front of the theater. Um, and this was, you know, around 10 PM and I just set up my, set up my sleeping bag. I stayed awake for a little bit, but then just went to sleep, slept right there on the sidewalk with a bunch of other star Wars fans. That's so funny. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go sleep at the theater. <laughs> and, and on the sidewalk, right. no, like, not even like a pad. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, I think 6 a.m., around 6 a.m., they brought us onto the, the, the actual property and formed a line. Um, and so I, uh, I, you know, got in line with everybody else. Uh, six hours later at noon, they opened, um, they opened the, the tickets, started selling tickets. So I bought the maximum, which was 10 or 12. I don't remember. And, uh, you know, brought him home. I, I think I went back to school for some of the day, but yeah, I, I did school to, to buy tickets, um, which, which our mom was really concerned about because I had one class where I had like the maximum amount of absences allowed. <laughs> and so I couldn't miss any more from that class. Well, I was going to ask too, cause it's the end of the school year too. Yeah. Like, like, like Say it again. It was just the end of the school year. Yeah. It wasn't a big deal because I wasn't likely to miss any more of that class. Yeah. Um, so I, I, uh, I got the tickets, um, a week later was, you know, the, the midnight showing I showed up, I think it was after school that day, like probably around two or three with some friends and, um, you know, eventually all of our friends and family came who was going to show up and see it. And then, um, and then like the, the premiere of that, the first time we saw it was just so much fun, like so much cheering and so much excitement. And, um, I mean, I loved it. I, that was like, I, I'm like having chills thinking about that. Like yeah. how cool that was. Like, like, it was just, it was just so much fun. And like, like I said, I was 16 years old. So like, I couldn't tell whether or not it was a good movie, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I'll say that I don't think it's like an excellent movie, but I still think it's a good movie and I enjoy it. Like I yeah. love. I love episode one, just like all the memories I have around it, like just so much fun. And, and um, yeah, of course there's like nostalgia right. and it, but like, and having kids, like that's, that's the, the only Star Wars that crew will watch, right. you know, my son, he's three and that's like, awesome. Olivia, like they love Jar Jar. Yeah. And right. so it's like, I, I have so much more appreciative appreciation for that movie, becoming a parent. Like I never, I think I went through maybe a phase where I was like, oh yeah, episode one is lame. 
I mean, I don't think I was fully ever there, but like right. kind of, and, but now I'm just like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Warts, you know, warts and all. So. I, I unapod- unapologetically love that movie. And, and I think um, anytime something breaks and there's like, you're, you're, or something's not working and you're texting someone like, oh, it's working. And the, the yeah, gift of right, Anakin exactly. it's working. Yeah. Like that has brought me endless amounts of joy. Like well, same. <laughs> My, uh, my, my former business partner and I, uh, Manoli, he's also a huge Star Wars fan. So if anything would go wrong, you know, like at the pizzeria or whatever, like, and it was, we fixed it. Like one of us would send the other that, that text yeah. message. So, or that, that gif of Anakin saying it's working. Um, so anyway, so that, that summer, um, as you know, I was 16, almost 17, I would just like, all right, well, I'm going to go see episode one. I'm going to go see. I mean, I was, I was 16 and had loved Star Wars for my entire life and had never seen the original movies in the theater because I was too young to, at least during the original release, I hadn't seen them in the theater. I saw the special editions in the theater. So, so like, I can go see a Star Wars movie at the theater right now. Like, of course I'm going to go do that as often as I can. So I saw it 12 times that summer. Um, and I've watched it, you know, a bunch of times since. So I think it definitely is the movie I've seen the most in my life. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, um, I think that's what I answered to you. That return of the Jedi, I think was, yeah. I was like, wasn't sure. Cause right. and it's, it's crazy. I mean, I was 10. I think I, most of those viewings, I, I went with you and Matt. I know there was yeah. a lot of times where you went without me or you guys went, but um, yeah, that was, I, I remember too, like when you got the tickets, like Matt and I were, so I was 10. So I was in fourth grade. I think he was in eighth grade. And I remember like getting, I, I don't know. I mean, we didn't get home at the same time because we were, he was in junior high, I was in elementary school and they had different times. But I remember my memory is us getting home and we walked in through the garage and there was that whiteboard. You walk in, you see it. And then you like, you wrote like, may the, the force was with us. Go check your bed or something like that. And we like, I remember just like running to our room and we, he shared, we shared a room at the time and there was like tickets on our bed. And it was like, it was just, was like, Cause I remember thinking like, he might not get tickets. Oh my gosh. Like, when are we going to see it? Like, which is funny to think about because it's like, we would have seen it if we didn't get the midnight showing tickets or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure like that day we could have anyways, but like, it was just, it felt like, I remember like at school, like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. did he get them? Like, <laughs> well, it's, it's then, funny cause it's not like I could text you, you know, right? like no teenagers my age had, I'm sure some did had cell phones, but like I didn't. And then yeah. as a 10 year old, you wouldn't have had one. Yeah, it, it was just like so joyous that like it was successful and yeah, um, yeah. So that was that was really awesome. Yeah, and then the midnight showing was was great too, and um, yeah, that's really cool. So, all right, well, uh, what movie um, do you think you've cried in the most? I mean, I was gonna. Uh, so, I mean, the number one for this would be everything everywhere all at once. And we've talked about that at length, so I won't say any more about it, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm a, a, a big crier, but I think the one that I've cried the most in recently um, is uh, Marcel the shell with shoes on. Um, I think it came out, I want to say it came out in 2021 or 2022. I can't remember which, but we watched that at home. Hillary and I last uh, it was like October or something like that. And it's just like, was such a good movie. It's like, um, such like a good combination. Well, well, I'll, I guess preface a little bit. It's based on like that YouTube video from like 
years ago of like a Marcel is a little shell and um, it's like an animated thing or whatever. I don't know if you're familiar with it at all, Thomas. I, I don't know that, but I've seen the trailers for okay. the movie. Um, anyway, but like, so he, it's, it's about him and his grandma um, who's played by um, Isabella Rossellini. who's like a um, well-regarded Italian actress, but uh, um and uh, she's had some roles in some David Lynch movies and also a couple um, spots in uh, 30 Rock, which which Hillary and I both love. Um, but anyway, so it's just like a really sweet movie about this little shell who's like completely innocent. And um, he's like looking for his family. And the only family he has right now is his grandma. And um, it was just really sweet and made me cry several times, you know, from both joy and sadness. Uh, and it's, it was just a really good movie. I, I enjoyed it so much. Like I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah. I, I seen that. I, I saw the trailer a while ago, but I don't know much about it. So is it, um, like, is it, uh, kid appropriate? Like, could I watch I think it? So it's, it was nominated for an Academy award for best animated feature. So, Okay. I don't know if that's always children, but yeah. it's PG, I think. There was nothing in it. I can't think of anything in it that, like, a kid wouldn't, you know, yeah, already be I'll, familiar with. Maybe I'll watch it with the kids yeah. soon. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Or just by myself as well. But Yeah. Um, well, cool. What's, uh, what would you say is the first movie you remember watching? So the first movie I remember watching, this was, I don't know how old I was. I was probably, like, three or four, probably three or four. Um, yeah, had to be around that age. And so I think at that time we were living in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And, um, so our, our mom had to go somewhere and I don't remember where, but she dropped me off at somebody's house to babysit or to have them babysit me. And, um, this lady's like, do you want to watch a movie? We have all three star Wars movies. And I'm like, Oh, we have all three too. Like kind of like kind of bragging, you know, like anyway, so she put on star Wars, a new hope. And I remember watching that there. The specific, the specific scene I remember is, uh, right after, um, Luke's it's like the, uh, the, um, the binary sunset. That's what it is where Luke's, um, he's like looking off into the, into the distance, whether the two suns are setting, and the force theme is playing. It's like one of my favorite, you know, Star Wars scenes of all time. Anyway, that's not the scene I remember. The scene I remember is right after that where uh, Luke goes looking for R2-D2 and like C-3PO is like hiding. Um, hmm. That's the scene I remember for some reason. Um, I remember that too from as a kid. Yeah. I don't, that's so strange. Yeah. yeah. I remember like that. So, I mean, like I was like three or four at the time. Yeah. Um, so I know it's cool that that's like Star Wars is, you know, one of my first memories yeah. uh, as far as like movie, seeing a movie goes, but you know, we watched, we watched those and all the Disney movies growing up. So yeah, um, all of that stuff is pretty impactful, I guess. Right. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, uh, let's see what film has been a source of comfort for you, like during a difficult time. Yeah. So this was a, this was like, I, I couldn't think of anything initially, but then like I remembered, um, uh, one period of my life. So, uh, in 2015, I was, uh, 24, yeah, 2014, 2015, I was married to 
um, to another woman and, uh, we didn't have a great marriage. And I don't say that, um, in, in any sort of judgment of her or myself. It just was a fact. Like we just did not have a good marriage. And, um, so by 2015, we had decided to get a divorce and, uh, this was despite me really wanting the marriage to work out. Um, but it was the right call because we were both miserable. So, um, May of that year, 2015, I had ended up moving out and living with my friend Brian. Um, meanwhile, uh, in 2015, end of 2014, uh, throughout 2015, there was a lot of, um, marketing going on for a certain movie called Star Wars, The Force Awakens. And, um, specifically, I remember, uh, being at home one day, this was when I was living with my friend Brian and I think it was, it would have been in the summertime, I think, cause they released kind of like this teaser behind the scenes clip from, I think it was like, they showed it during Comic-Con, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, uh, it showed like some behind the scenes from the force awakens and also maybe like a few, couple clips from the trailer that they'd already shown or whatever. And, um, you know, then like, uh, Mark Hamill starts talking about how they're using practical effects in the movie and, uh, Yoda's theme is Yoda's theme, you know, by John Williams is playing over the, is the music playing in the background. And I just like, I just like started sobbing just because it felt so good to have something like so familiar, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, like I think divorce is hard no matter what, but like, I just, after I had moved out from, uh, you know, living with my ex-wife or whatever, uh, I just felt like very empty. And then I like immediately after moving out, I just felt like there's the sense of meaning that was lost, even though our relationship was like, even though we were both like so unhappy in that relationship, like it was still something that like filled my life with meaning for better or worse. So like when I didn't have that anymore, there was just this big void there. And I think I filled some of that void with, you know, the anticipation and excitement of, uh, waiting for that, that star Wars movie to come out. And, um, and honestly, like when we saw it, I, th- I think I was expecting to have like this really like redemptive experience in seeing that movie. Like I, I, it was like a subconscious thing, you know, like, I know that like movies aren't redemptive, so to speak, but they're still mm-hmm. powerful. And, uh, when we, w- when we saw that movie, I, I, it was just so much fun. And there were so many just like really awesome, like quintessential star Wars moments and feelings that it was just like, I don't know. It was just a great experience seeing that movie for the first time. And even the subsequent times we saw it. Um, and, that was kind of like a time when I was like getting back on my feet and starting to feel better about life. And, um, I just have lots of good memories from, uh, anticipating that movie, but also seeing it like when we would go see it together. And I saw it a couple other times with, I think maybe once by myself and, um, another time I saw it like with this girl that I'd started dating. And anyway, it was just like Star Wars doing its thing, you know, like, yeah. Bringing the magic into my life. That's, yeah, I, it's interesting to look back on The Force Awakens because, you know, it's gotten a lot of crit- criticism for just repeating, right. being a remake of the 
a new hope or whatever. But I think like at the time when it came out, I don't, I mean, I think that criticism was there, but I think it was like just this like warm blanket of familiarity with like new and exciting possibilities. Like, cause that's what the movie basically is. It's like, here's the stuff you love with some new, new, a few new things and teases for things to come. Yeah. And I think that was like in that moment, I think it was perfect, like for what Star Wars needed, because the the discourse or whatever of the weird fan stuff, I feel like it hadn't quite hit in until like Last Jedi came right. out. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, I I think for me, I I twenty fifteen, I remember that being a really challenging year for myself. And same thing, like the the excitement for that movie, like just little bits of details like trailers or these behind the scenes things or whatever. Like I even remember watching all the, like, like Daisy Ridley was on and JJ Abrams and maybe someone else. They were on like Jimmy Fallon. And I watched, I didn't really watch Jimmy Fallon a lot, but I watched those cause I wanted to see those characters or those, those actors talk about being in star Wars. And yeah, it was just like, it, it was like the source of definitely a source of comfort during like a weird time of life, I guess. So Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, like watching that movie now, I think that I still enjoy watching it, but like, um, they could have like made maybe some different choices for that movie and for the entire trilogy. Um, as much as I do enjoy the force awakens and I honestly love the last Jedi. So like, I don't really think there should be much to be changed about it, but, um, I know a lot of other fans weren't happy with probably the last Jedi, you know, <clears throat> going yeah. and going forward. But um, anyway, it's, it's weird that the different turn that that all took, because I, you know, the expectation was that, you know, every couple of years we get a new star Wars movie. And last one we had was, was 2019, um, which was totally fine. And a lot of the star Wars content they've had has been great. You know, Mandalorian's pretty solid. Um, their book of Boba Fett had some really good stuff. Uh, Andor, I loved. I thought Andor was fantastic. Like that was just, yeah, such a good TV show. Um, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, still interesting to, I'm interested to see what they'll do with movies going forward though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, so next question is what movie has made you laugh the most? (laughs) So I said I'd bring up Napoleon Dynamite and, and here it is. So I think Napoleon Dynamite is the movie that, it's made me laugh the most. Like, uh, when I, we, I think two, when it came out in 2004, um, I think we went and all saw it together as a family. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I I'm like, I can't remember if that was the first time I saw it or not, or yeah. if that was like the second viewing or, <clears throat> but I feel like it was for me anyway, I feel like that was the first time I saw it, but even before it came out, like they had like a few clips on the web, on their website that yeah. was like, I don't know, just so, so funny. And then we went and saw it and it was just like, so quotable, like all the different, like, just like dumb things that they say, uh, and just got so, so, I mean, it was funny to see the movie, but like just quoting the movie with, with family and friends, uh, was also like just as funny. And, um, so it's on, it, I think it's still on HBO Max right now, but oh, nice. um, a, a couple months ago, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see if this still holds up. <laughs> so it was one night I was like, Hillary and I were looking for something to watch. And I was like, I have just the thing. 
<laughs> and I think she kind of like reluctantly agreed to watching it. Um, not that she like dislikes it or anything, but like, has I, she seen it before? Yeah, she's seen it before. Yeah. I don't think her memories about it were the same as mine, but, uh, yeah. but I mean, yes, it, it still holds up. I mean, it's like, I, my, my favorite characters and interactions are, are Kip and Uncle Rico. Yeah, same. I love those <laughs> Like, guys. I know Napoleon does and says some funny stuff, but like, I think that they're so much funnier than Napoleon. But, uh, and I thought that from the beginning. Um, but also like watching, um, uh, we watched, uh, White Lotus recently on uh, Uncle Rico is in that John, John Grease or whatever his name is. And it's just kind of funny, like, oh, yeah, there's Uncle Rico. Like, it's not like, I don't know, like, it, it kind of, like, took me out of the, 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 took me out of it when I was watching um, White Lotus. It's like, wait, is that Uncle Rico? Um, anyway, I yeah, just that, I got so many laughs, like, seeing that movie. I saw it a couple times in the theater, probably maybe, like, three, maybe four times. But then also just all the laughs that we had together quoting it and and all of that was was a lot of fun yeah that's i mean it's yeah i think still one of like the most quotable movies i've seen but uh yeah i mean that was that was such a like a i mean i think i saw the movie four times in theaters i was 15 yeah like summer before my sophomore year and going i remember like going back to school like like starting school again everyone would talk about it and (laughs) um yeah it's such a good movie (laughs) so uh, all right. What movie, what's a movie you think everyone should see at least once in their life? I had such a hard time with this. Like I, I used to have really strong feelings about stuff like this where like, I think everyone should do this or do that. But like, yeah. I really don't anymore. Like, I just feel like everyone should do whatever they like to do, you know, to the extent that it doesn't harm other people. Um, so it's hard for me to make that kind of like blanket recommendation. Um, so I think I'm just gonna not answer that one. I'm just gonna well, say people yeah. should just watch whatever they want to watch. Uh, yeah, I like that. I think yeah. maybe I'm trying to think how to reword it in the going forward because I agree. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I think maybe like what's a what's a movie that, um, I mean, I could like resonate I, with that. Yeah, uh, people, I don't know, something like that. I could maybe say, I could maybe reword. say everything everywhere all at once because I think it's such a fantastic movie on so many levels but like i know that there's people who aren't going to enjoy it you know like like we almost watched it with hillary's parents um a couple weeks ago and and i and maybe they would have joined i don't know but like it's not it's not uh we decided to watch um the fablemans instead which which was really good and i enjoyed that yeah um but uh i just you know there's some people who are like "Eh, i don't know if i want to recommend that to them but Right. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's, that's yeah. a tough question. Okay. Okay. Well, what's a, what's a movie that's been difficult for you to watch or get through? Um, so, <laughs> uh, several years ago, I think I was bored one afternoon or something. This is 2017. It's going through Netflix and I just decided to start watching Twin Peaks because one of my friends had, had talked about it and like, instantly like i loved it It just like made in the 90s uh it was two seasons um that ran in uh 1990 through 1991 so you have like all that awesome um 90s um 
like production, you know, like, like similar to unsolved mysteries and, and all yeah. of that stuff where the quality, the production quality isn't quite as good as they have stuff now. Um, like some of the acting isn't as good, like, like TV is just really good right now. And I think that, you know, people are making TV are taking a little more time to be more thoughtful. And some of that, some of that thoughtfulness isn't quite, you know, wasn't quite as apparent in earlier TV. Um, so anyway, I just, I, I fell in love with it and, uh, instantly became one of my favorite TV shows and around the like right off. So right before I started watching it, they actually had done a third season of it, uh, like 25 years later, like a, the return season or whatever. And, um, so I ended up watching that completely different from the TV show because, uh, so David Lynch, uh, was one of the, um, co-creators of the original series, David Lynch and Mark Frost. And, um, you know, then they have different people write and direct episodes throughout this, throughout the series for the return series. From what I understand, if I remember this correctly, anyway, uh, David Lynch and Mark Frost wrote all of the episodes together. I'm sure they had other writers too, but, um, they're like the main writers. And I think, I think David Lynch directed every episode of the return series. Um, and it was completely, so it's just, it's just different because, and it wasn't, it was on Showtime. So, you know, they could say the F word and have yeah. more violence or whatever, uh, stuff like that. Um, anyway, so after Twin Peaks was canceled, David Lynch made a movie called, uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. And it's kind of a prequel to what happens in Twin Peaks. So, if you're not familiar with it, uh, Twin Peaks starts out with the death of a girl named Laura Palmer. And, um, you know, for like a season and a half, they, they try and solve the mystery of her murder. Um, and so the, uh, the movie, uh, Fire Walk With Me is, is kind of a prequel. It shows the last week of the life of, of Laura Palmer. And because it was a movie, like, you know, there's fewer restraints that, that, uh, that they had in making it. And so, it's a lot darker. Um, it's, it, this was the movie that was, that was hard for me to get to And David Lynch can be like pretty weird and surreal. And this probably isn't his most weird or surreal thing, but, um, it, like not all of, with David Lynch, not all of his like story elements connect or lead anywhere. So like it can be kind of bewildering to like watch some of this stuff. And then this one was just a lot more violent and, it's kind of the story about this, this girl who gets, uh, you know, like raped and murdered. So it's not like a really easy thing to watch. Mm-hmm. So that was a tough one to get through. Um, I'm rewatching, uh, Twin Peaks right now, like the first two seasons, I'm in the second season. And so I'm debating whether or not to rewatch that movie. I probably will just because there's some important plot points that tie into, um, the, the return season. Um, but anyway, so that's my, answer yeah my long answer for oh. that question that's interesting I, yeah i didn't think that's i thought you were gonna like get into david lynch and maybe talk about the dune movie he did or something <laughs> about this game. but actually, I've never seen. yeah i actually like that that dune movie i i want to uh, watch it before the second one it's or maybe after the second one comes out yeah we should we should watch it together and I, i'd like to watch uh twin peaks with you sometime too yeah i i know i i feel like i've been waiting i need yeah, yeah i need to do that because i yeah but 
Um, we need to make the, we need the, so the, the, um, the pilot is, it's an hour and a half long. So oh, okay. it's like watching a movie. Um, yeah. yeah, we need to make plans and watch that together. Um, yeah. Have Matt, maybe Matt and Natalie come watch too, you and Andy and, yeah. and Hillary, but, um, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Okay, well, I really do want you to see it. I, I'd love to have your, your take on it. Yeah, I know. I've, I definitely, definitely want to, um, so yeah, we'll have to make that happen soon. So, um, what, uh, ne- so next question is what is one of the most inspiring films you've ever seen? Um, I think the, the movie I'm going to say here is, um, is the movie Amelie. It's, um, mm. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a French movie. It came out in 2002. So I was actually, um, on my mission when this movie came out, when I was a missionary, uh, back like 20 years ago now. Um, so I was in Quebec and this movie, it's a French movie, but you know, they speak French in Quebec. So it was like a big thing. Like I, I saw lots of advertisements for it. And, um, and so I was curious what it was about. And, um, I didn't end up watching it. It was probably five or six years later when I finally saw it, but um, have you seen it at all, Thomas? I haven't seen it. No, it's, I've heard you it, talk about it before. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. fantastic. It's it's like it's a well-made movie. Like the color palette is gorgeous. It takes place in Paris. There's lots of like bright colors. There's a lot of greens in the movie, but, but also some like nice reds and and stuff. And it's about this girl, um, uh, Amelie. She's played by uh, uh, Audrey Totu, um, who's a pretty popular French actress, but um, like. She was in, uh, the Da Vinci Code. Um, she was the, like the female protagonist in that movie. I don't really remember that movie very well, so I can't yeah, remember I don't much about yeah. it, but, um, you know, opposite Tom Hanks or whatever. Okay. Um, and it's just about this girl who like lives alone and like, she's kind of lonely and she lives her life through other people and she, um, she lives a lot of her life trying to help people. And then, you know, finally she learns to live her life, uh, for herself and kind of chase after the things that she wants in her life. And any, I relate to that a lot because I think I lived a lot of my life for other people and through other people. And I still do it today if, if, if I'm not like, you know, taking care of myself, but, um, uh, I just, it's, it's just like a really great movie that like leaves me feeling, you know, really good at the end of it. And, um, yeah, it's great. Nice. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I really knew what that movie. I mean, actually, I can remember the like the newspaper because I used to read like the newspaper yeah. all the time, like the movies. I'd see what it was playing and whatever the reviews were, and I remember like the little, I don't know, poster in the newspaper for it. But that's like about all my. And I think over the years I've heard about it, and anyways, yeah. So it sounds interesting, but. Yeah, that's okay. great. I redo. I'm I'm overdue for rewatching <laughs> that one. Oh, nice. Okay, well, cool. Well, uh, got two more questions here. So, what is your favorite movie quote, or one of your one of your favorite movie quotes? Yeah. So one of my one of my favorites. It's from uh, the movie Almost Famous. Have you seen that? Uh, is that the one with like Kate Hudson? Kate Hudson, um, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Francis McDormand's in I don't, it. I don't, um, no, I don't think yeah. I've seen it. I, I've like. It's like I know a decent amount. I, I know about it, but I, yeah. yeah, it's just one that like it's it's really good. I I only watched it the first time, maybe like five years ago. It came out 
uh, in year 2000, I think, but, um, it's about this kid and I, whose, whose name I'm forgetting right now, but, um, he wants to be a writer. And, um, so he ends up going on a tour with a band, um, to learn more about, uh, how to write for like a, you know, like a magazine, like Rolling Stone. And from what I understand, if I remember correctly, it's, it's kind of autobiographical, um, Cameron Crowe, I believe wrote and directed it. Um, and so anyway, throughout this movie, this kid, he's talking with, uh, he like makes these phone calls to this other writer, um, who's played by Philip Seymour Hoffman and, you know, kind of like as his mentor or whatever. And at one point, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character says, uh, the only true currency in this break bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. Um, and so like when I heard that in a movie that really hit me, I think I had to like pause it and rewind it so I could write it yeah. down. But it's just kind of like, kind of like, you know, what do you share with people? What's like something so uncool about you that you don't want other people to know, but will make a difference in your life if you share it with someone else, you know, like kind of like yeah. that, just the idea of like being vulnerable and, you know, kind of makes me think of like, you know, Br- Brene Brown and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure that she had talked about that quote on her podcast or like, posted it on her Instagram. And I was going to say, I feel like I've heard it somewhere. Yeah, it's, I've, I've definitely seen it floating around, um, you know, like Brene Brown type circles, you know, like therapists, mm-hmm. you might share that or whatever, but yeah. um, I mean, I, I, it's a great quote. I, I believe it, you know, like it's really hard to be vulnerable, but I think if you're vulnerable with people who, who deserve it and who, who, who are safe, you know, it can really create some, some magical relationships and experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. I, I yeah, I really like that quote. Uh, okay. So last question. Um, and I guess too, like the purpose of this question is like, I think it's a movie that you feel like maybe represents you as a person. Um, so, I mean, you can still answer, answer however you like, but um, if you, so the question is, if you had to give one film out as a gift to every new person you meet for the rest of your life, what movie would that be? Um, I think I would, I think I would say Amelie again, because I think it does kind of, uh, represent a lot of things that I value without like the intensity of everything everywhere all at once, say. Like after we become friends, like that's the movie I give you. But like, yeah. if I'm just like meeting someone for the first time and want them to know about me, like I, I would, I would, uh, I'd give them Amelie, I think. Yeah. Cause it kind of, it like shows a lot. Of, it, it, it values a lot of like, uh, you know, like beautiful things. Like, I mean, just beauty in general, the way the movie was made, but, um, you know, friendship and service and, uh, you know, loving people, love, romance, like things that, things that I care about. Um, Mm-hmm. That embodies uh, that 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 movie embodies all that, and I also kind of speak French too, so it's a French film. So there's that yeah. as well. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, now I feel like I need to definitely watch it. Yeah, sure. I, I, that's maybe another movie we should watch together. Yeah, that director is really great, uh, Jean-Pierre Jeunet. He's got a lot of lot. He's got a, a few films that I really like. Um, when Trevor was living here, Trevor's our cousin. He and I, like, we didn't do it every week, but we tried to get together and watch, um, 
a foreign movie together and a lot of them were French movies and oh, we didn't cool. watch Amelie together. But we watched another one by, by that same director called a very long engagement, which is super good. Hmm. Um, but his, his films are all visually fantastic. Um, he did one of the alien movies, I think. Oh, really? Um, huh. like alien resurrection. I want to say, I don't oh, know. Um, it was, bef- it was like in the nineties before, before he did Amelie, but. Oh, okay. Huh. Anyway, kind of weird, but yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. I I wouldn't put those two together. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Not that I've seen. I don't, I've never seen Alien Resurrection or Amelie, but uh, it doesn't. They don't sound like they're the same person. But. Yeah, no, they're not. I don't know. I guess though, like you think of someone like Spielberg, who he makes like Schindler's List and Jurassic Park in the same year. So I guess like you can definitely be diverse. So, um. Well, awesome, Michael. Thanks for coming on and, and sharing and, and, and uh, talking with me. Um, anything else you want to add or say or share or plug before we kind of finish up today? Um, just I would just say come get a pizza from me. Um, yeah, we're we're in downtown Mesa. We're inside a bar called uh, Cider Core. Um, it's called Mike's Pizza. Um, we make really good pizza. Um, yeah, we, we work really hard at it. So uh, it's... Anyway, yeah, just come get a pizza from me and say hi or whatever. Oh, cool. Great. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, yeah, I definitely recommend that too. So, well, um, well, thanks again, Mike. I appreciate it. And I th- thank you everyone for tuning in, listening to this episode. And if um, you would like to be on the show, please reach out to me. I'd love to, I love to have, I'm open to anyone that wants to come on the show. So, and I, anyways, thanks again for listening. I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. 也许当时他是对的 I know you're all fighting because you're scared and confused. I'm confused too. All day. I don't know what the heck is going on. But somehow, it feels like it's all my fault. I don't know. The only thing I do know is that we have to be kind. Please be kind. Especially when we don't know what's going on. I